Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Goodbye, sore throat. Goodbye, terrible cold. And hello, stick to the gimmick universe. Our fans, our wonderful fans, waiting ever so patiently for episode 83, and it is here after two weeks, another two-week absence. I can finally talk. I can finally eat without hurting. It's a wonderful feeling. Marty, gotta say, I missed you last week, but man, if I would have tried to do a podcast last week, it would have came out sounding the worst ever. I believe it. Dude, it was terrible. And even if you go back and you listen to episode 82, the last one we did, you can hear me struggling through that. I think that was probably part of the beginning of the end for my throat. So... I'm healthy now. Lots of things have happened. I don't know if we can cover all of them. But we can cover NXT. We can cover AEW with Full Gear coming up Saturday night. Impassioned promo by Cody Rhodes on Wednesday that stormed the internet. Lots of things happening in the NXT universe, including invasions with Survivor Series coming around the corner. Took over SmackDown, most recently Raw. And then we had a little bit of an invasion from the main roster at Full Sail this past Wednesday. So, lots going on, lots going on. So before we get into what happened this past week and potentially past week and a half, Marty, how the heck are ya? Uh, you know. Never change. <laughs> change all right so i was also sick last this past weekend though you were yeah i had a cold so like lots of uh coughing and blowing my nose which i'm still not like completely over so i hear that you sound a little nasally yeah a little nasally it's that time of year though it's definitely that time of year that's also that time of year where you lose an hour and you're like what the hell or you gain an hour how does it work? I don't know. Daylight savings. We went back an hour. Yeah, we went back an hour. So does that mean you lose an hour, or does it mean that you gain an hour? If we went What's back an hour, you'd gain an hour. That's gaining an hour? Okay. Jesus Christ. I'm not good at math. All right? We are on Twitter at GimmickPod. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Stick to the Gimmick. I am on Twitter at Spinny Rasslin. He is on Twitter at Martin David Harp. So, diving on in, 
Do you want to start with what happened on SmackDown because that's relevant the most to NXT and where the angles are going right now? Or do you want to start with the episode of NXT itself? I feel like we should start talking about... It's not even SmackDown. It would have been Raw last week. Right? What do you mean? Or was it? No, yeah, it was. You're correct. It is SmackDown. Cause it, it was, was SmackDown. After... Yeah, well, that was essentially an episode of NXT, so we can start there. <laughs> That's what I mean. So, what had happened What had happened was Crown Jewel happens, right? All right, all that stuff goes on. And we have an issue. And did you read about... I don't know if you read fully into this, what happened and stuff like that. Um... It's definitely interesting. <laughs> it was a clusterfuck, to say the least. It was. It it was. Uh, it was pretty crazy. The whole ordeal. Essentially, what happened was that all the talent, except for the select twenty, was it twenty people? I think it was twenty people on the first jet out. Talent got stuck in Saudi Arabia because of a plane issue. Now you can go across the world and all conspiracy theorists and whatever. But bottom line was, talent was stuck overseas for like an extra day. It wasn't even just hours. It was, it was almost like a whole day. So SmackDown, they had some things to figure out. And their solution was to give NXT this invasion angle. And logically, it made sense, because what a, what Crown Jewel announced was, when they were advertising for Survivor Series, that is, is that it was Raw versus SmackDown, and for the first time ever, NXT would be involved in the event. So that immediately got me like out of my seat. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. And it's a good way to measure your talent in that brand against the quote-unquote main roster. So they elevated them to the SmackDown show. And they killed it. They absolutely killed it. Do you have a favorite part from that episode? I mean, it was it was a week ago, so it's, it might be a little bit hard to remember, but there were quite a few showings there. I think that the the way that they kicked it off was was fantastic because they had Bailey and Nikki Cross going at it. Uh, and then after the match, they had Shayna attack right away. Mm-hmm. And then you thought to yourself, oh, this is interesting. Well, I think they started with an announcement that NXT was a part of some, of Survivor Series. They did. They did. So, so like Shayna's and Shayna showing up wasn't like super shocking, but I'm pretty positive that it started with that announcement. Was that the first thing? The first, like, NXT show up was her? It was Shayna. So what happened was Brock Lesnar opened the show by saying that he was quitting. Well, Paul Heyman said that, he, that Brock Lesnar was quitting. Oh, and then yep, as soon okay. as he quit, what happened was they were at the backstage, and then you saw Triple H and Shawn Michaels look at over him, and they had their NXT gear on. Yeah, okay, okay. So then you kind of assumed that something was afoot. Yeah, so then, yeah, so Shayna came out. Knocked out Bailey. Um, 
Honestly, the moments of the night for me were everything Adam Cole did. Oh, man, that was fantastic. And Um, they went about it such a great way. That backstage tease with Shawn Michaels and then Adam Cole stepping up and just literally, like, looking at, after what's happened this past week and what I know happens SmackDown Raw coming up, because it's being, I think Raw is currently being taped as we record this in the UK. SmackDown was already taped. Um... It's not shocking, like looking back, that match isn't shocking. But the day of, you know, the announcement where is fresh in our heads that NXT is in Survivor Series, and we get Daniel Bryan versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship, nonetheless. Yeah, and not to met like the match was fucking good. Yes, it was really good. And then you get Adam Cole going over clean. Um, With no distractions, no interruptions. Yeah, no Undisputed Era, no nothing. Goes over clean, which was apparently Vince's idea. I read that really? online. Yeah, that, that, that was Vince's idea. And not to mention, he then hits the Panama Sunrise on Daniel Bryan and then the knee to the back of the head on <laughs> the boy who's had neck problems for the past, like, three years. Yeah, I was so surprised when he hit the Panama Sunrise, and I yeah. I was glad that he didn't go for the the pin after <laughs> he just went straight for the last shot. Yeah, but that was such a really good finish. And then you had the whole invasion thing at the end, where the entire locker room comes out and basically Triple H declares war. Yes. Uh, but what, well, also other stuff that... that happened on the episode though, yeah, there was Keith Lee and Matt Riddle who basically shut Sami Zayn up. Mm-hmm. Which I found a little ironic because Sami Zayn was a part of the NXT brand and he could have been like a part of this like four years ago or something like that. And then there was Champa interrupting the Miz, which I thought was amazing as well. It was it was outstanding. That um, was outstanding. And I bet you, you know what? I bet you if Velveteen Dream wasn't hurt at that point, that would have been his spot. Yeah. And so the Miz cut a great promo, and so did Champa, and they had a de- like a decent match. It was a it was a it was a main roster match, but it was still a really good way to. It really got Champa over probably with the main roster audience. I'm if assuming. anything, his promo got him over more than anything. Oh, without question, without question, anything that Champa turns touches turns to gold. So it's that's a wrap. It's a wrap right there. Any other like single out, singled out individuals on the SmackDown episode? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. Okay. So you move on to Raw. We already know that SmackDown got taken over by NXT right away. But this time around, the Raw roster is prepared. They have their entire roster on hand, you know? There were a few other things that happened NXT-wise. That I didn't expect them to happen because I, I didn't know that they were going to do both. You know, it was kind of like a watered down version of the SmackDown one. It wasn't quite as good, but we did mm-hmm. end up getting Adam Cole versus Seth Rollins for the yes. NXT Championship. Which I mean, it had a wonky finish, but that has no surprise to me because they really protect Seth like hell mm-hmm. now. Yeah, uh, I know. especially after he lost to the Fiend for the Universal Championship, which was honestly a swerve for me. So. 
Yeah, that. Oh God, I don't even need to talk about that shit. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. I just, I just wanted to bring it up. Uh, but there was other stuff too. More NXT takeover stuff, like Shayna Baszler going toe to toe with Becky Lynch in the back on a promo, which was absolutely fantastic. Yes, it, I will. It, I will admit that that was very good. She held her own and then some, with the intensity. And without Bert and Ernie, you know, like those, that was probably the best we've seen Shayna yet mm-hmm. in that type of situation. And and it had to be because she was literally face to face with the man, for God's sake. So that's awesome. I love that both of them are talking about how, yeah, I'm not going to forget about Bailey, but I'm really coming after you because Bailey is taking that personally. So I think that that's actually really nice because Bailey's obviously new, fresh, freshly turned heel, and she's looking for respect. So I think that she's actually going to be the one that stars the show. What else do we have happen? Uh, we got. Uh, did we get Ricochet against NXT? No, he did the. Um, he did shit at the end of the night. He like flipped and into people. Okay, and yeah, shit. that's right. Um, they just had a yeah. They just had a. Like, I think classic go, go home show. Riddle and didn't Riddle have a match? Riddle and Lee were both there again. I remember that. We also didn't had they have the a match though. I don't remember. I don't think so. Because they had they had a match on NXT television this week. Yeah, I know. Maybe they didn't have a match. I could have swore they had a match that Monday night. There was um, new faces that came out. Uh, Damian Priest and uh, Dominic Dajakovic uh, attacked some people from behind. I can't remember what happened. Oh, they set him up. That's right. Uh, Undisputed Era set up, uh, I believe it was the OC. Mm-hmm. Because they were going back in the audience or whatever. And Seth Rollins got the ultimatum from Triple H. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And then the Undisputed Era was in the audience. And then they were talking crap to the OC. And then OC and... The rest of the roster got ambushed from behind by Dajakovic and Priest, and then Undisputed Era came right back into the arena and started stomping on him. Yeah, it was a chaos finish. That's right. Yeah, there was there. That was basically it. It was it was like a watered down version of the SmackDown one. Was there only but the was, one NXT match? There wasn't more than that. On Raw, I believe so. There, there's. It's so hard to keep up with all of it. Um, let's look at Raw results real quick. I could have, dude. I swear to God, I could have swore that Riddle had a match. Maybe he didn't. Who would he, who would he have faced? Let's see. I'm trying to think of like what's happening or what had happened on Raw recently. I don't know. Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander had an awesome match. I remember that. Whew. Sin Cara and Carolina versus Andrade and Zelina Vega. Awesome to see Zelina Vega in the ring. Rusev and Drew McIntyre when <laughs> Bobby Lashley said he churned his groan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Street Profits against Humberto and the OC. And then Viking Raiders versus the Polo Boys. <laughs> yeah, no, there was no there was no riddle match. Anyways, so there was two TakeOver episodes. The SmackDown one was a lot more kind of out of nowhere. I mean, we knew that there would be NXT talent, but we didn't know that it was going to be in that fashion. 
Mm-hmm. And Marty actually texted me that night and said, holy shit, holy shit, SmackDown's, SmackDown's crazy right now. So I tuned in and I was like, damn, I didn't see all this stuff coming. And that's that's funny, too, before we get into the actual episode of NXT this week. When WWE's against the wall and it's not their first idea and they can't overthink a show and they can't continue to rewrite and stuff, they actually put out a pretty freaking good product. If they just simplify things, I think they're fine. But you have to go circles, round and circle, round and circles, and try to deliver some of this stuff that just doesn't come across. But they did a hell of a job. They were shorthanded. The Full Sail people stepped up to the plate, and they knocked it out of the park. And not to mention, the Fox crowd saw that. And the ratings for the show were up. So that's something else to keep an eye on. Lots happened in the NXT episode this week. Namely, started out with the OC attacking Undisputed Era outside of the arena. Before That was actually before 8. That was before it even aired. Yeah, so they started it, and then the actually no, when it aired is when they cut back backstage uh, to see the actual ambush, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. So here's here's a little nugget for you: AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson all skipped the NXT stage when they signed on with WWE. So this is the first time they've been at Full Sail on a show. Yeah, which I think is pretty kick ass. Well, and that was a good decision. It makes sense for them to be like, like kayfabe wise, for them to be the ones that in are invaded because they have no ties, zero ties. So like they don't care. Nope. So, like, and it was sense. awesome. It was just it was awesome though to see like AJ in there though because the arena went nuts for him yep. when he came out. AJ's on fire right now. The U.S. title is perfect for him. He doesn't need to be carrying the the company right no. now, but he is he is the he's in the perfect mid card spot right now. That upper mid card type of role, and people respect him, and he puts on really good matches as he always has. But I feel like reconnecting with the club has really kind of gotten him on his role again. Same well, on the, the main OC, roster, on the main roster, it's always the mid card level areas that are better. The main like the main level shit's always awful because it's always flooded with shit like Brock Lesnar and now the fiend who only has he he didn't show up like he has the belt isn't there that kind of shit you know that's right. why that middle level stuff's always so damn good I also think that the the OC like itself like Anderson and Gallows have been on a roll as well and it it all is, it all goes back to being a part of a faction like this. And I know people hate the name of the faction or whatever, but I could give two shits about that at this point. Yeah. They're all they're all getting pushes. I mean, it, I don't really buy into the best tag team in the world thing with the World Cup or whatever, but they had them win it and they had them go over on the Viking Raiders, so that was something to be said. But they ended up declaring war on the Undisputed Era, which they didn't really get an interaction until later in the show. 
but who did was Tommaso Ciampa came out, Keith Lee came out, and Matt Riddle came out. And Ciampa on the mic was awesome, basically yeah. saying that they were talking about when is he going to get to the main roster? When's he going to get to the main roster? And then he just said, this is the main roster. This is the A show. No, he didn't say that. He said, uh, well, he said, when am I going to, everybody always asks me, when am I going to get to the main roster? And then he said, and AJ, the OC, I'd like to welcome you to the main roster. Oh, that's right. The and I was like that. that yeah. The really way he said it was dynamite. Fantastic. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we ended up getting that six-man tag match later on, and it was really good. Uh, I think that the explosion between all of them, just fighting on the outside of the ring, uh, really seeing the – God, when Matt Riddle gets a hot tag, I still can't get over it. <laughs> He's just very good. He's very, very good. I just – I have no idea how he has all that energy. I don't know – I don't think anyone else hits the ropes as fast as Daniel Bryan does, but I think he comes pretty damn close. Yeah. Uh, maybe EO. Maybe EO hits him that hard too, but holy crap. When he comes into a match, he's just a bolt of lightning. He's got the the kicks. He's got the freaking German suplexes, the, the sentons, the penalty kicks. He's just got such a good moveset. And and the submissions that he has too are just unreal. I love the spot where Keith Lee like smushed AJ Styles uh, on a pounce um, and took out the ref. It was one of the smartest ref bumps I've ever like an organic ones I've ever seen. It was. It, it was like very believable. It didn't happen, and you like roll your eyes. You were like, "Oh shit!" Like, yeah, that works. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good to see all that, isn't it? Uh Champa with his knees. Uh, well, one, I like that he was selling it the whole match after they went after it. And then when he hit the corner knee, uh, second turnbuckle down. Whew. God, Champa's really good, too. This, It's really redundant to say that all these guys are talented, but all these guys are talented. And those wouldn't be the three in the spotlight if Triple H didn't believe in them, especially when he knows that Adam Cole got the shine on the main roster that whole week. Mm-hmm. So he gave those guys the ball, and they took it and run with it. And I think the the best part about this, too, is, like, this is, like, it's billed for Survivor Series that, like, it finally makes sense. At least, like, that stuff does. Brock Lesnar facing Rey Mysterio for the Universal Championship, or WWE Championship at Survivor Series doesn't make sense. But... The three tag teams going at each other, the, all the women's champions going at each other, and the f- the build for those feuds, and the want of brand supremacy there makes sense. Yeah, brand the brand supremacy angle makes sense. I just hope that they don't throw it into the crosshairs. Like, like Champa did a really good job of. He came to Adam Cole's Cole's aid, but he didn't. Like give him hugs and stuff. That and you yes, know, like, like I thought Rhea that Ripley. was very good. Yeah, Rhea Ripley came out and was like kind of buddy buddy with everybody, and that rubbed me the wrong way. But if you go back and watch that, and only watch Champa throughout that entire segment, he stares at Adam Cole in the belt the entire time. That's so awesome. And, and it's I like love- that's the shit. That's good. That like that unnoticed that stuff that you only see, but like kind of keeps it 
grounded kind of stuff. It's the little details that make the most difference. And yeah. when you see when, when he talks about uh, he's looking at the OC, he's like, yeah, you know, I don't mind if you kick around the undisputed era, but <laughs> like that was a really good way to start that. And again, it, you got to maintain continuity. That's I can't imagine how hard that is for them to maintain continuity when they have a pay-per-view that's based around brand supremacy. That's got to be very difficult to navigate, but there is a way. And yeah. Champa's showing you that. But uh, what what was that? What ended up? Did it? The the match end up finishing. I can't remember. I just remember that Riddle no, tried, it didn't. Tri- it didn't. tried to do a flip over the ropes and almost killed himself. Yeah, he landed like apron to back. But no, the ref went down, and then that was it. It just turned into chaos. Okay, it just turns into chaos. That's that's what I thought it would happen. Uh, but Riddle tried to do his trademark like. Uh, somersault flip thing over the ropes but he didn't get high enough and uh what do you call it uh carl anderson made a joke about that he's like the one time matt riddle didn't get high enough (laughs) (laughs) um but in all seriousness glad that riddle's okay uh really awesome to see all these guys um really step up to the plate and the ladies too what else happened on this let's see damian priest and pete dunn went at it that was actually a really good rematch great finish i I love yeah, the, the the finish really makes sense, and it's awesome because Pete Dunne's one of those one of those quote unquote tweener slash faces that isn't like all like he'll bend know, the crowd rules. crowd pandering or whatever. Like he'll still be Pete Dunne. So you know he went up and he went he went low blow on Priest, and by the way, Priest is improving, or he's just got really good chemistry with Pete Dunne. That's yeah. what I'm noticing in the ring. Uh, maybe you just need to get him faster-paced opponents. I don't know. Maybe I would like to see him maybe against Tyler Bate or something. But Pete ended up going low, like Priest went low a few weeks ago, uh, and then he turned it into a arm bar where he snapped the fingers, and Priest ended up tapping out. But this was not the end. Killian Dane came out and assaulted Pete Dunne, and then Damian Priest wanted to, but... Dane actually went after Priest, too. So he ended up smushing Dunn with a Vader bomb. And then he did a crossbody on Damian Priest on the outside, who was on the stairs. So this looks like a triple threat in the making, does it not? Yes. And uh, I'm trying to think of when they would announce that. But it's definitely going to be on tv and probably not a takeover yet or or just takeover would be reserved for a different type of storyline but i was i was interested uh to see dane end up continuing that storyline because i thought that was just a one-off before we had uh women's match uh i can't remember what was it uh dakota kai versus Shayna Baszler, which I loved this match, man. I I really did. Uh, Dakota came out with a completely new attitude. She slapped Shayna. Uh, you know, like she was like the, the backstage interview before that was awesome. Um, I thought that the match itself was really good. Dakota did a really good job of selling that uh, knee injury, that ACL that she she tore before. Uh, Shayna really took advantage of the the limbs as she always does. It's just her style. She's She's female Pete Dunn uh, in that sense. 
ended up winning. Uh, I loved the the finish. I can't remember what it was, but she popped Dakota up in the air and then ended up giving her the the Coquita. Uh, and then Kai had to tap, and it was awesome because she was looking for the ropes, and then Shayna brought her arm right back, and she couldn't it, get to the yeah. ropes. It was a very uh, typical finish to a Shayna match, but the way that it happened, I was like, okay, that was cool. Like when she brought her back in for the second um, Coquina clutch, and then when she uh, trapped her arm when she was reaching, I was like, okay, those are two th- two different things that kind of like put a little bit of a spin on the traditional thing. And I was like, okay, I love when they do. I love when they do that in finishes too. With Shayna. <laughs> I I am seriously be- I'm starting to really become a real fan of hers, because uh, I, I think seeing the consistency and the improvement is great. I still can't get on board with Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke though. God, I no. saw Marina Shafir come out in her entrance, and it was one of the corniest things I've ever seen. Yeah. That being said, we have war games to look toward, and Shayna still doesn't have. Uh, a person, and I'm going to get to that in a second, but Shayna, Jasmine Duke, and Marie Shafir ended up starting to try and beat up on Dakota Kai after the match, and then all hell broke loose. The, the entire Rhea Ripley team came out uh, because Dakota was auditioning for this spot, mind you. Um, She ended up getting the crap beat out of her. Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai are going at it. Bianca Belair and Rhea going at it. Tegan Knox comes out and gives someone a kick for their troubles. You know, like all this stuff's happening back there. And we had yet for two teams to have their final partners. Uh, so Mia Yim ended up coming out. I What was it, with a chair? Or was it with like a kendo stick? I can't remember. It was a kendo stick. Uh, yeah, well, she came out and honestly beat the hell out of everybody. That was cool to see because Mia's still not doing it for me, but that was cool to see just because she whipped the hell out of everybody. So Rhea, seeing this, ends up naming Mia to the team. But backstage, after the promo was cut, we see Dakota Kai like looking all sad or whatever, and she walked away, and she goes, I understand, I understand. So my prediction is that we get Dakota Kai on Team Baszler. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. How cool would that be? And and you know what? And I know that that heel turns, face turns, like might be too much sometimes. But EO turned heel like two, three months ago. You know, like that. I think that would be a real shock factor to the NXT universe to see Dakota Kai, someone who's bubbly, team kick, you know, all that stuff, be on Shayna's side after all that they've been through. But I also think it logically makes sense. She busted her ass. She really gave the best fight that she could against Shayna just to be overshadowed by Mia Yim. And I think that she could resent that and join Team Baszler. Mm-hmm. I I think that that's a brilliant storyline, and I would love to see it. I don't know what a heel Dakota Kai looks like, but you know what? I didn't know what a heel Io Shirai looked like, and she's the hottest thing in the gold brand. So, yeah. that That itself, I think, gives me the inkling that they'll pull the trigger on that. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with this, especially because I don't know if they're going to do it right away. Like they're not going to have Dakota appear on television for like two weeks or so, I bet. But like when it comes to the time that war games comes around, I mean, war games is in 
three weeks and two weeks. There you go. There you go. So like the go home episode, we find out who their fourth partner is. And it, and it's Dakota. Dakota looks like she's coming out to make the save uh, for Mia Yim or something. And then she attacks Mia. Yeah. Boom. And we're going to document that. <laughs> if that happens. But that was the first that was the first thing that came to mind when Dakota started walking away and said she understands. I thought to myself, okay, that that set a mini storyline right there. So we'll see what happens in that instance. Uh there was another ladies match, uh Tynera Conchi, uh, it's sorry, it's just Tynera now, uh against Santana Garrett, newly signed. There were moments of this match where I was like, "All right, yeah, this is good." And then there were other moments where I was like, "Wow, this is in slow motion. This is yeah, it was it was bad. I'm hey, like, hey, I'm glad Tynara finally got a win. Tynara deserved a win, yeah. But fuck, man, there was a moment in that in the middle of the match where they like walked through like three different like. Are you talking about when she was in the corner and they came over and they tried to do like this spot where, it, you know, like when they grab them in like the German suplex position and they like bounce yes. them off the ropes? Yes. yes, that's exactly the one I was thinking of. It was yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. But the finish was awesome. I, lo- I loved the finish. I think the Tynera's got some really good kicks. I like her armbar stuff. Uh, the the judo throws are awesome. I, I'm on board with those. Uh, just got to get opponents to sell them a little better. But yeah, uh, pacing definitely uh, needs some work there. But that's, again, why it's called developmental, you know. We had a cruiserweight match. Angel Garza taking on, I can't remember. Marty help. Tony Nice. Tony Nice, the premier athlete. That's right. Another good one. Garza. I, I don't know if Garza's a heel or a face. I mean, you kind of can tell, but at the same time. He reminds me of Rick Rude. He's like pompous. Like, okay, so he comes out and he gets the kisses on the cheek from the women or whatever, and the guys, he doesn't give any high five. To any no, I guys. feel like he's he's a heel, and he reminds me of Rick Rude, how like he played to the crowd still, but he did it in a way where he thinks he's better than everybody. Okay, I can get on with that. And it makes sense because he's got the pants thing. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about how much we like Andra Garza just because when we were talking about the breakout tournament and they've really sent this dude to the sky already. Yeah. Uh, they're, they've pushed him very quickly. Um, him and Tony Nese had a good good match. Uh, you know, what you would expect from cruiserweights. Uh, I think the best part of the match is when he's trying to take his pants his uh, his pants off. He's got tights underneath. That's his trademark or whatever. So he's trying to take his they're velcroed on, and they're in they're in the spot, top of the turnbuckle, both of them. And Tony Nice tries to do a sunset flip power bomb, and instead the pants come off. And the best part was Maro going, Ah, Tony Nice, he power bombed a pair of pants. He had no, he had nothing. So here's Garza by himself after Nice power bombs the pants. He literally, I thought that was one of the most creative spots. That was almost Eddie Guerrero esque, you know, uh, with the shoe or whatever. But I thought it was really smart. So Garza comes back with a with a crossbody or a uh, missile drop kick. I can't remember. Um, and then he ends up hitting the double wing angel. Uh, what, what do you think of this finisher, by the way? Uh, uh, do you think he needs a little bit more air on that, or is is that still devastating enough because it it does make sense logically if you're if your arms are suspended over your head that 
it just your looks spine's awkward. Gonna, your spine's going to get hurt. That, yeah, it it just looks awkward though. It does. It does. He also has that uh, moonsault off of the second rope that he does. It reminds me of uh, the um, God. What was Christian's finisher called? The impaler. No, the imprettier or something like that. The kill switch. The imprettier. All of them. That I mean, they were named different things throughout his career. It's just awkward. Okay, awkward. I I understand awkward. I would I would vouch to say that awkward is a good way to describe that. So what happened is Leo Rush ends up coming out because this was the number one contenders match for the Cruiserweight Championship, and Leo extends his hand, said, I'm looking forward to it, I'm looking forward to it, and Garza straight up, just five fingers to the face slap, and that was loud as hell. Yeah. And walks away, and Leo like doesn't go after him to attack him or whatever. Leo just stands there, he's like, all right, all right, I see you. Now it's on, now it's on. So we get Leo Rush. Versus Angel Garza next week on NXT for the Cruiserweight Championship. By the by, 205 Live kind of emanated from Full Sail this week. Which uh, apparently they're just sharing talent, which is yeah. natural. Um, what else happened on the gold brand? Um, There was one more match, I believe. We covered the main event. We talked the about ev- the women's. We talked about... Pete Dunn, we talked about the Cruiserweight. I think there was only the four. Was it? I don't think they had five. Oh, they had a Forgotten Sons uh, vignette. Yeah, the they had that. They, the same one that they've continued to play over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, there was a, a point in the episode where, was it the I don't remember if it was the end or if it was the beginning, but um, Finn Balor ended up coming out. Oh, yeah, that was during the chaos where Undisputed was in the ring, and then okay, AJ okay. put up the two sweet, and Balor did the finger guns at him, and then so he Cole still, attacked yeah. AJ Styles, and then Finn still like was like buddy-buddy. So he's like playing the role of, like, who, wh- what is he doing? Who's he with? Blah, blah, blah. Which is good. Yeah. You want to keep that sense of unknowing, you know, that that sense of, I don't know what you call it. Your uh, mystery. How about mm-hmm. that mystery? Oh, yeah, this is the other one we missed. Sorry, I had to look it up. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Really good match. Uh, Swerve, again, showing why he's one of the fastest rising stars in the gold brand. Uh, Dijakovic looked really good here, too. And I think that Dijakovic re- does really well with with fast guys, with those those guys that can really sell his moves. Um, and that's no slight because him and Keith Lee have easily the best chemistry with one another. But I feel like to really unleash his potential, he faces guys like Scott. And there were times of this match where I thought Scott had the match won. What do you think uh, of their decision to put Keith with Matt Riddle like a tag team or whatever instead of putting Dajakovic's in there? That's fine. It, it, it was just It's just curious, though. Um, because we don't know, do we know every, everyone's a partners for war games yet? Um, so it's undisputed era versus Riddle, Keith Lee, Champa, and one more. That's 2BA. Which, which you would assume determined. wouldn't be Gargano because he's in a tussle with Finn Balor right now. Yes and no. Like I would, would, 
it's weird because Gargano's been very absent since we've gone to USA. I mean, he got impaled by Finn Balor, that's why. Well, yeah, but even before then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they could do it. Because right now, we only have two matches at War Games. The two War Games matches. Is the two War Games matches? There's that's it. Anything that's else all we yeah. have. And that's all the championship to... matches because all of the championships are in the War Games matches. You got well. I bet you the cruiserweight championship will be on the line in that. We might have one of those, but then like we've got other stuff. So like, do we get a Finn Johnny match at War Games because they need them to do something? I'm going to assume yes. And like, so if we do get like that would be great. I'd be fucking all for that if we do get that. Um, yeah, it'll be weird to see who they put as that fourth spot in the War Games match because no one really has a, a, an Undisputed Era gripe right now. Dijakovic is really the only one you could think of, right? Kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah, because he had the... Velveteen, the but I think he's out still. Oh, Velveteen would make so much sense. Maybe he's healthy by then. Let's hope he's healthy. Maybe that's what they're waiting for. Maybe it's still to be determined because they're seeing, they're playing it by ear to see how he is feeling. And it logically makes sense to either go with Dijakovic or Velveteen Dream, and they're just, yeah, seeing what the status is. Yeah, that makes that makes a ton of sense, actually. Mm-hmm. So we'll go with that. We'll go with that. And then the um, women, and then like we said, the women still has the one that they don't have. Um, it's and Dakota. Then, and then Survivor Series is a whole fucking other ball game because, like, we've got all this talk with the OC and people from NXT talking about brand supremacy and everything, but there has been no Survivor Series matches announced outside of that tag team triple threat and the women's triple threat. Technically, um, there's no I, actual there, Survivor Series like five on five is what you're saying. Um, There is going to be a 15 woman, three brand Survivor Series match. Okay. No participants. Well, technically, I guess I think two got announced at what is the tapings that are happening now. But other than that, there's no one announced yet for it. Okay. But you have to yeah. imagine Becky, Bailey, Shayna are not in that match. Um, go to NXT. You have the top talent of NXT's women division in the War Games match the night before. Okay. Um. And then same thing with the men's. You got the top talent of the men's roster going into Survivor Series having competed in a War Games match the night before. And so Oh, it's on the same weekend? It's the 23rd War Games and 24th the Survivor Series. Oh, why would they do that? I thought they stopped that. I thought they did too, but it's not. It's oh, boy. it's back to back. And so That's risky. Yeah. Um so then the survi- the Survivor Series matches are really weird because you've got, like I said, all this talk about, you know, the men, Champa talking shit to the OC, the OC talking shit to the NXT. But there has been no announcements yet of a traditional Survivor Series match. Um, I saw that apparently this week AJ, pu- AJ pulled for an OC versus the Undisputed Era at Survivor Series, but that's not happening. So, it- But it will probably happen on television at some point. Nice. It's good to know. But yeah, it's just, it's weird. Because yeah. we've only got two weeks. 
And based that off is... of what I've seen on the tapings, not a lot of headway gets made towards Survivor Series tonight and Monday. Well, I'm assuming, okay, so if they're in the United Kingdom, that they didn't have NXT talent travel overseas. That's at least what would be my guess. Um, but, yeah, moving forward, I bet you the go-home episodes are going to be the most important to pay attention to. I didn't know that War Games and Survivor Series were on the same weekend. Yep, back-to-back. That's, cra- that's crazy. Um. So that's just like old times. We, we, we haven't had that happen in a while, huh? I think it's only been, just the last takeover was on its own. It was That was the only one. Okay, but I, I just thought that, you know, they were going to try to separate those two. But, uh, yeah, so we've got we've got quite a bit coming up here on the front of the NXT brand. Uh, do we have anything else announced for next week's episode other than Leo Rush versus Angel Garza? I do not believe so. Okay, so that is set in stone uh, and currently what? We know as the, probably I'm going to say the opening match or the middle match. That's where I'll say that that happens. So, want to talk a little bit about AEW in full gear before we get out of here? Yeah, I actually forgot that that was this weekend. Yep, it's Saturday. Uh, so, let's start with the, I don't want to call it the elephant in the room, but it, it's got the world buzzing. Uh, Cody Rhodes's promo against Chris Jericho. Now, did you get a chance to watch it or I did. read about it? I did. did. I watched the, the entire promo. I didn't Holy watch Dynamite, shit. but I watched the highlights of that and the ending. I watched the Cody promo, the Jericho vignette, and the ending of the night. The Jericho vignette was fucking brilliant. I loved it, that. It was great. Of it. that was hilarious. Um, him calling him the youngest AEW champion was the. It was hilarious. It was. It was, and he was just. He was just uh, in the blue light in a in a freaking bathtub or whatever. It was just the visuals were great. the The guests that they had in there were great, like Coltrane, and then mm-hmm. uh, his, one of his uh, church going freaking mothers or whatever. Uh, it it was it was brilliant, and no matter what you say about his in ring product or whatever, Chris is on fire at the moment. I mm-hmm. mean, he was just on Inside the NBA last night, uh, and he was he just killed it. Uh, he did another spot this morning, uh, where the pay per view is taking place. I can't remember what it is. I think it's somewhere in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he's he's just been on damn fire. But the response promo from Cody Rhodes was just. Wow. That was what Jim Ross called the new Dusty Rhodes Hard Times. Mm -hmm. It was very good. It was very, very, very good. The line where he said it took 14 years to go from undesirable to, was it undeniable? Ungoddamn deniable. Yeah. Like, that was very, very good. And then the Silver Spoon comments where he tore Chris apart with that was great the stipulation they put on the match i think is fantastic i think cody needs to lose and that just puts there's so many long-term booking ideas for them if cody loses and can no longer challenge for that title 
I don't think they're going to have Cody lose, though, the way that they had that promo scripted, man. No, but Well, listen, sorry, not scripted, but... Because I think they could eventually do it where, you know, Cody loses and then, you know, he's, he's a man. He sticks to his word. He can no longer challenge for the AEW championship. But then down the line, we see him just... He'll go on a tear where he's beating everybody. Um... He's got, like, an undefeated streak. He'll probably even pin the champion in a non-title match. And then you'll get these conflicted feelings about, you know, oh, I deserve a championship because I'm doing all this stuff right now, blah, blah, blah. And then he can go back on his word. He can pull a power trip because he's in charge, and he can be like, fuck you guys, I'm challenging for the title. And then you got the heel turn out of it. Oh, wow. So you're thinking, like, long, long term, though. I'm thinking long, long term. Okay, so this is the way that he would, you know, obviously he's got to be the top face in the company right now because he's the one that started it all. Everyone's going to be behind him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he if he could have the moment where he said, all right, you know what, this creative that I came up with, I can just do whatever the hell I want because I'm Cody Rhodes. Exactly. He can essentially pull the what am I going to do, fire me kind of thing. That is actually a really good idea. I, unfortunately, I think that they're just going to have him go over on Jericho right away. Uh, and then we're going to just get this elite versus inner circle long, long feud go on here. Well, I think we will still get that. We'll get the elite inner circle long, long feud. But I, I wholeheartedly think that he should lose. And that's that should be a thing where, you know, like, well, he can't challenge for it. What's he going to do? And even if they introduce a mid-card title or the tag titles, he could win them with his brother. Or he could win the mid-card title. And then, like, you know, two years down the line, you could be like, but he still hasn't gotten that main title because he can't. And then they do need, they do need that turn mid-card it. title. Yeah. It's a good call. It's a good call. But I mean, man, what are just... the best storylines? They're the ones that take forever, and the payoff is awesome. Look at Gargano Johnny versus Tampa. And, yeah, that's exactly what I was thought, talking about. You know, the, the long term arcs that have that awesome payoff are what really hit home. And I think that that's what they need to do with that so that, like, they can be like, hey, this is a storyline we're going to start right now. And then they can do it to, like, just kind of be like in the face of WWE, who everybody thinks has no long-term booking because they kind of don't, they could be like, well, we booked something a month into our programming that's been going on for the past year and a half. That's a really good idea. So, so I, wonder I, if they have, I wonder if they have the balls to do it, but they definitely have the smarts to do it. I mm-hmm. wonder if, oh man, I guess we're going to have to just tune in. Tune in to full gear. Uh, so you you've got Jericho winning that. I do. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Cody that wins that one. Um, side note, by the way, the best part of that Jericho video was the continuing flashes at Jake Hager, and he wasn't saying yes. a word the whole time. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then my favorite part of the uh, Cody promo was basically the how he's using the millennials that he talks about that are uh, entitled whiny bitches, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was awesome because it was kind of a, a direct hit at the uh, hi- hypocrisy of Chris Jericho, uh, who is skyrocketing on the backs of these, these people, uh, which by the way is true in a sense, but at the same time, Jericho's on fire and he's been on fire ever since he's been away from WWE. We have other matches that are announced for full gear, uh, lights out match 
Kenny Omega versus Dean Ambrose. Or God damn it. I did it again. John Moxley. John Moxley and Kenny Omega. Lights out. Now, have you looked that one up? Um, I have, and here's my issue with it. I think that they're, this is like the fifth lights out unsanctioned match they've had in a month. I think that it's really lazy, and it's an easy cop-out, like I said before, about the draws and shit like that. Um, Or the, the, um, the time limit thing. That it's an easy cop-out way for them to not put a win or loss on a superstar. Can you explain the lights out rule? Um, it's unsanctioned. It's an unsanctioned match. Okay, that's it? That's all yes. it is? Yes. All right. So it doesn't go as a win-loss, to the best of my knowledge, is what it is. All right, and it's like uh, no holds barred, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and say that there's uh, no finish to this one, then. No, I, I think there will be. Oh, yeah, it's a non-sanctioned hardcore match. That's what it means. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, so I mean, yeah, I think it's just a, it's a lazy way for them to not put a win-loss on those two. Even though there will be a win and loss? Okay. Yeah, it just doesn't go on their record because it's, it's quote-unquote non-sanctioned. All right, I'll take that back, and I'll say that John wins then. Yeah. By the way, uh, Kenny's been doing just fine. I know that a lot of people are, you know, crushing him or whatever online. And well, he came in losing a lot. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's back on track. By the way, uh, I really like his theme song. I think his theme song is really good. They they oh, stopped the they, trash. No, no, no. They stopped the introduction. There's oh, no okay. like long introduction anymore. It just goes like you're good. Trust me. Just listen to it. Uh, Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. Um, I'll take the Young Bucks on that because I got Jericho winning the other one. So, like, it can't be a clean sweep from. What if Inner Circle just clean swept right away? <laughs> I mean, maybe, but I doubt it. Uh, yeah, the Young Bucks haven't won anything in a while. So, yeah, let's go with the Young Bucks on that one. Pac, Pac, Pac versus Adam Hangman Page. I got Pac all day. Yeah, I got Pac too. And Page, now now if you want to talk about somebody who can heel turn, I think Page is your number one candidate for that because, you know, he was kind of the, the person that was supposed to be the breakout star of all this, and he's just kind of been floating around. I mean, he's got that main event level charisma but he doesn't have the uh, I don't want to say I don't know what what to say uh he's got it but he hasn't been able to deliver on it and I think storyline wise that's a good way to make someone go mad mm-hmm. and especially if he loses the to, to Pac I mean uh and he continues in a tailspin then that's which the the correct booking decision would to be Pac over him because Pac's been on fire, yeah. and he brings up very valid points and stuff like that. Um, Emi Sakura versus Riho for the AEW Women's Championship. Sakura is the Freddie Mercury cosplayer. Oh, gotcha. I'm going to go Riho because that other girl's annoying. 
Yeah, I'll go with Rio too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I believe uh, that was the card. I don't think that there's anything else that they announced. On there, the card. I'm looking at it right now. So SoCal Uncensored versus the Lucha Brothers versus. Oh the yeah, the party. triple threat. Yeah, the triple threat. Uh, I'll say the SCU retains. Yeah, it's way too early for them to lose them. But if they lost them, it would be to Private Party. Private Party's legit, that. by the way. Yeah. Um, and then there's also Janela versus Sean Spears. What? That's a weird one. Yeah, that got set they, up they on got, Wednesday, I think. They got Sean Spears going to get, uh, Didn't they want Sean... Sean better win. Let's say that. Sean Spears wins with, with Tully Blatcher's corner. Uh, is this he like a Janela it, type man. of death yeah. match? Or? No, it's a singles match. Okay. Okay, yeah, for everybody that talks about how WWE didn't handle Ty Dillinger well, they're they're not exactly handling Sean very well at the moment. Nope. Which sucks, because we know how talented he is. I mean, shit, when he main evented the NXT show with Bobby Roode, that was one of, that was a classic. Uh, yeah, so is, is that the rest of the card? I don't think there's anything. Yeah, I believe that's it. Okay, okay, gotcha, cool. Um... Other other news since we covered the AEW, uh, Randall signed a multi-year contract. So good for Randall. You happy for Randall? Randall's not going to AEW like all the marks said. <laughs> um, any other news that you saw creeping around? Um, no. No. Did did you have a take before we get out of here? Did you have a take on any of those conspiracy theorists theories about the whole Saudi shit? Yeah. Um I don't even know who to trust anymore cuz like I feel like Meltzer isn't going to just make that shit up. You feel like he wouldn't either. And but here's the thing. I don't know if you see Seth Rollins get on Twitter and AJ Styles get on Twitter or whatever. But Meltzer actually went back on his word about the meeting they had post-Saudi Arabia because there was apparently a meeting. The report was that there was a meeting where Seth Rollins went on a quote-unquote rah-rah speech in the locker room. But here's the thing, though, about all this is Rollins is becoming a corporate yes-man. Oh, for sure. I mean, I can believe him just come – I can believe Vince being like, God damn it, Seth, shut that man up and – Seth going to Twitter and tweeting at Meltzer. I can see that too, but I, what I'm saying is that Meltzer actually responded. He said, uh, my apologies, I don't want to put out misinformation. Mm. So when he, when Meltzer acknowledged that, I think that that's different. Uh, now, originally, when you look at it and you see Meltzer put something out there, because Meltzer is, whether we like it or not, very well connected into the wrestling world. Yeah. So he wasn't putting that out there to start anything, but his his source could have been misinformed, which is what apparently it was. Mm-hmm. So I I just always find that interesting when I'm scanning up and down the Reddit columns or whatever, and and, and reading whatever he says on the Wrestling Observer newsletter, uh, and seeing all the stuff that happened. I, I just want to know if uh, it was true or not that Randy Orton cracked a joke during the middle of the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man, to be a fly on the wall. To be a right. fly on the wall. That's all. All right. Uh, that's all the time we have this week. This has been episode 83 
We are on Twitter at GimmickPod. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Stick to the Gimmick. I am on Twitter at Spinny Rasslin. He is on Twitter at Martin David Harp. Of course, we are part of the Between the Ropes podcast network. Between the Ropes, not active at the moment. Brian Fritz still enjoying himself, enjoying life, watching wrestling, hanging out with his wife, all this stuff that he's supposed to be doing on this wonderful life. I believe he just interviewed also, Shayna. He did just interview Shayna Baszler. So if you guys want to read some really good shit, go over to SportingNews.com and read his stuff that he does. He interviews wrestlers left and right and does a phenomenal job. So go check him out. We miss him on the airwaves, but you know what? We're trying to do our damnedest to keep the legacy going. So if you could, leave a like, leave a subscription, comment, do whatever you can to help us out. We're glad to be back this week. No more sore throat, no more cold, except for what's going on outside. There's been snow. It sucks. But, hey, that's life. So, Marty, if you will, can tell us all about what happens next week on episode 84. Till then, see you. We've got all this talk about brand supremacy and, you know, who's who's better, NXT, Raw, SmackDown. Well, I'm going to let you know who the best podcast brand is in the world. And that's your boys over here in the Between the Ropes world because we've got fucking Jonah Hill every week here talking about all the wrestling things. Non-stop, WWE, NXT, SmackDown Raw, AEW, everything. From the top to the bottom. And now I got a Linkin Park stuck in my Linkin Park song stuck in my head. Um but so he's here week in, week out, eighty four times. Eighty four fucking times this dude's about to be here. And you know, you want to talk about brand supremacy. Oh boy. It's your boys over at Stick to the Gimmick. So next week, episode eighty four. Jonah Hill, all the wrestling things. Well, we'll talk about AEW because that happens uh, this weekend as well. So, yeah, AEW things, Survivor Series things, brand supremacy, we're the best. We got Jonah Hill, 84 times. Goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.